Welcome to Let's Talk Sales. This is a podcast for anyone interested in growing sales. Today's episode of Let's Talk Sales is brought to you by our ebook, Being a Grateful Leader. In it, you'll discover the personal, professional, and even medical benefits of gratitude and how you can practice gratitude as a leader. Be sure to download a copy today. You can find it in the notes for today's show at criteriaforsuccess.com slash pod two six four. This is Elizabeth Frederick, and I am really excited about today's guest. We had kind of a a winding road to uh, connecting to him, but I've so enjoyed every conversation we've had so far. He is the founder and CEO of Highland Private Wealth Management, and he's a certified professional coach with the International Coaching Federation. He's also the author of a book called The Wealth Creator's Playbook, A Guide to Maximizing Your Return on Life and Money. And he also co-authored Retirement Guide called Hello Someday. He is a fellow podcast host, hosting a show called The Wealth Confidant Podcast, and is working on launching something called The Living Fully Project, which we'll be talking about a bit today. He is based near Seattle, Washington, one of my favorite places in the country. Um, So we're so glad to have you here, John Christensen. Hey, Elizabeth. Thanks for having me. I think this should be a lot of fun. Um, I'm so glad that you could join me. I just kind of listed the bullets from your resume, but I know a resume is not a real person. So could you introduce yourself to our listeners? Maybe talk a bit about where you developed the passion for what it is that you're doing and some of the key stops on the journey to where you are today. Sure, sure. Uh, it's just always so weird to have somebody uh, <laughs> run down your life <laughs> in those kinds of bullet points. It's just a little daunting. I sit here and go, oh my. Um, but happy to, um, and again, thanks for having me on your show. It's, it's, it's an honor to be on your show and I appreciate, uh, uh, connecting with your audience a little bit. Um, but basically, uh, my journey started, uh, at least in this space that I've been in, uh, about 20, a little over 20 years ago. Um, I was at a place in my life where I was in my mid to late thirties, uh, I was uh, unfulfilled, feeling some some effects of of just health concerns, anxiety, just really knowing that that my life while it was going fine, I had you know a great job, was being paid well, uh, but I just uh, wasn't finding this center of of contentment that that I was really looking for, and uh, at the same time, I had the the really the pleasure of of being the advisor to and was building a a company which is highland private wealth management that i had started and founded and was working with uh some of the most successful wealth creators in the country who were uh getting large sums of money rapidly i would say uh you know quickly changing their life trajectory and were grappling with some of these same issues and were finding that the money wasn't leading them to the kind of success and the or the, the feeling uh, of that success wasn't leading them to a feeling of contentment and joy and peace that maybe they wanted or, or thought that that they might have. Mm. Sure, it was it was giving them things that that they that they uh, appreciated in life um, and was changing their life, but it but it maybe wasn't changing some of the areas they thought. Mm-hmm. And uh, and so uh, I, I was at a similar spot. And so what I decided to do was uh, to say, well, if it's not the money that that really ultimately creates this joy, uh, this real contentment, uh, peace, if you will, fulfillment, uh, what is it? And that really led me on uh, quite a long journey of, of trying to figure out what that was both. Uh, and that's very much an internal journey. That's, that's counseling and coaching and 
introspection around mm. really a couple of key things, which is who am I? Uh, why am I here? And, and really, what's my unique uh, calling? What's my unique contribution to the world? Uh, and so it was on those in those areas that I spent a lot of time. And, and where that took me was to this thing I now refer to as living fully. Um, this idea that uh, we're, we're more than our money. And if our only definition of success is money, that it can tend to be a pretty shallow uh, experience in life. It doesn't mean that that doesn't bring us nice things, but it, it doesn't provide the kind of fulfillment that we want. And, and so uh, I understood that this definition needed to be a much more holistic one and one that each person really needed to wrestle with and define for themselves. And so I started to employ some of that in my work with my clients and was finding that I was giving language to this thing that, that there wasn't really language for. It, it was, you know, I want something more, but I don't know how to, to actually articulate that. And so that led clients to uh, start to experience more of that as they started to recognize that it was, in fact, a broader set of things that I now refer to as a life portfolio, um, much like I'm in the investment business. So everything's kind of through the investment lens. But um, this idea that there is money for sure, money is a, is a key attribute. And I think in my own life, I wanted that too. I wanted a, a vision of my life where anything was possible. Uh, and so I knew money was a part of that, but I wanted these other things too uh, that related to my, to my health, to my, uh, just what I was doing from a work perspective to my relationships, to, to my purpose, to my heart, to my real spirituality, connecting that to something that was bigger than myself, and even to my mind and intellect and, and, to the, and just experiencing things in life. And, and so as that language and that conversation broadened, I saw clients uh, experiencing and, and communicating with me that they, they were able to articulate and live into a definition of life that was just so much bigger uh, then maybe just saying I got the biggest pile of money, uh, and and so turning that that vision towards a definition of of ultimately success that is just bigger than that. So so that's really the the essence of the journey that's led me to this concept of living fully, and and really the idea that and the calling that I have to to help people uh, to navigate that journey themselves, and that they can ask some bigger questions. And in my world, that question is, what's the money for? Um, it's one thing to go say, I'm going to go make a bunch of money, but then ultimately, what's that money for? And then the, 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 the tangent question to that is, then what's my life for? Hmm. And, and I think those two questions are really at the center of, of everything I'm doing right now. Absolutely. I think we can all um, identify with a time when we hit some sort of milestone that we were working toward, whether it was a promotion or whether it was a new job or whether it was a certain level of income. And you thought that that would make you feel complete and make you feel um, accomplished. And then there, there's a certain emptiness that sometimes you can get. And so um, that that just money without without what you're doing it for. You're right. I mean, it's, it's, it's empty. If you're, if you have a lot of money and you've damaged your relationships and you're physically unhealthy and you're, you're stagnating in your career and you're, you're not connected to anything at a, at a philosophical, at a, at a personal, at a spiritual level, you know, that's, that's where you see uh, lottery winners who end up, um, 
profoundly unhappy. And um, so many people who, who are wealthy and yet, um, you know, have family breakdowns and other things. And so um, it, it's a really compelling um, purpose. And it's exciting to be able to take a personal passion like that and really build a business with, with that key philosophy behind it. I always find that when you have a founder who um, who had a personal experience and and was able to connect that to um, to a key principle, um, that that's a really powerful way to build a business and um, and something that's exciting and and kind of pulls people around you to um, to join you on that journey. Yeah, it's interesting. There, what you said there at the end is is totally true. I, I until I could articulate that for myself. Could mm-hmm. I then articulate it and, and speak into other people's lives as it related to it? But the profound impact also just internally in my own organization, um, I, I believe there's this idea that you can only uh, really take somebody someplace you've already been. And it's just really difficult to do it if, if you haven't or aren't on that journey yourself. And I don't think we this idea of living fully is something you just arrive at. I, I do think it's a lifelong journey. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and yet I also, uh, by doing that, it gives freedom for other people around you to do that as well. And so uh, by, by connecting what I was doing to a bigger, grander vision for my own life, and then giving the people in, in my company the, the freedom to do that for themselves as well, uh, has uh, radically transformed our business. Absolutely. So I, I kind of want to sit on that concept for a bit because I know, um, and we've spoken about this, a lot of our listeners are leaders within their organizations, um, mostly mm-hmm. sales leaders, but but other leaders as well. And I think that there are two things um, when it comes to a leader uh, applying this concept of living fully. There's themselves, and then there's working with their teams and how can they encourage their teams. So do you have any specific advice for leaders who want to live fully? And then how leaders can specifically kind of encourage a culture of living fully um, within their teams and within their organizations? Sure. Um, there's a couple of pieces in this because it's, you know, this, this area is not one that we are, we're not really trained to, mm. to, to not only think this way, um, we're not really trained to, or or comfortable, or let me say not a lot of people are comfortable sitting mm-hmm. uh, long enough to think about these kinds of things. We're more, more and more active doers. And especially if you're in sales, it's, you know, let's go close the sale or whatever. Let's get the sale, uh, grow the business. And so, um, you know, taking a step back, if you will, to take two steps forward or something would be analogous of, of this. But I do think that there is uh, something about uh, taking a, a moment to at least think about your own life. And there is a, a great quote that I like to say, which is uh, that if you don't know where you're going, any road will get you there. And I mm-hmm. do think that defining success for yourself and then being vulnerable enough to share that definition with those closest to you, uh, and in some cases, your key leaders around you, Uh, is really powerful because that vulnerability then uh, allows them to be vulnerable. Brene Brown, uh, who's pretty well known and and in the, you know, self-help growth space, 
talks about this idea that the one of the most important things you can do is define success for yourself. Mm-hmm. Uh, and yet it's hard to do because we have to think about what do we really care about? <laughs> what are the things that would define me achieving a life of fulfillment and a life where I was uh, joyful? And sure, money is a part of that. I would argue it, it is for sure. Check that box. But what else? If you hit all the sales targets, if you grow the business the way you thought, mm-hmm. then what? What's the and that goes with that? And and so I, I think taking the moment to really think about that um, for yourself, potentially sharing that and saying, hey, this is what my life is about. This is, yes, I want to be successful at work. Yes, I want this organization to grow. For what purpose? Mm-hmm. And how do we connect that to something that really will motivate and drive us from a missional standpoint um, that allows people around us to catch that vision, to catch that, uh, that purpose and, and connect and hook onto that themselves and then give people the freedom to think about that themselves. What's, what's interesting about that is, as, as you, you asked me that question was, it, it wasn't as if all of a sudden I came to that conclusion, everybody went, oh, well, here's my definition of living fully. Mm-hmm. It doesn't work that way because I think there is a, there is a part of people that kind of go, is it really safe for me to do that? Is mm-hmm. it, is, is John going to make, you know, say something and my definition isn't quite right or doesn't fit quite, you know, and, and so there's a lot of groundwork that has to be laid around creating a place where uh, you can articulate that in a way that allows people safety, uh, where trust is built. Uh, and care for each other that allows people uh, with different definitions to still fit in. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Um, as you're as you were sharing that story um, or sharing that that concept, a story came to me of of an experience I had with a client that um, this was at this point maybe ten years ago, and it was one of the most powerful um, conversations I've ever had uh, in my career. And I was with a client in the UK, and we were facilitating a conversation with a sales team. This was maybe fifteen people, and mm-hmm. we we asked them, "What could you achieve personally if you were to achieve your sales targets? What would that mean to you?" And people went around the room and some people said, you know, um, I'd be able to pay off my house. Uh, I'd be able to take a vacation. I'd be able to buy the boat that I want. And, and you know, so, you know, there are varying levels of, of depth and impact. And then somebody shared he and his wife were trying to adopt and adopting is expensive. And if they were to hit their targets, he'd be able to adopt a child and literally create a family. And that was, it was just mind boggling, you know, to think of um, so often the stereotype, especially in sales, is that people just care about money, just care about numbers, but that money does something, you know, or it can do something if you, if you can tie it to um, that big picture goal, that big picture um, vision that you have for what your life looks like. Um, It's not just money in a bank, um, you know, growing somewhere, but it's really, um, it's, it's really a part of a complete life that you're, that you're building and working toward. Yeah. One of the exercises uh, reminds me of one of the exercises that I go through in some of my coaching work with uh, couples is to uh, along this lines of, we don't spend very much time thinking about that Mm -hmm. question. You just asked that team, you know, what, what is the ideal outcome for our lives? 
we, we, we can sometimes just let our life happen to us and then be disappointed with it, uh, mm-hmm. which was kind of where I was at some point in my life. And I said, look, I, I just want a different picture. Um, and I'm willing to figure out what that picture looks like. But how often do we just play it safe? Don't want to think about that because it, one, we might not achieve it. So we'll be disappointed. Uh, but it seems like what we know now is better or safer or something. But what if we actually had a vision or, or an idea for our life, an ideal outcome, as I refer to it, that um, motivated us, that was exciting, that maybe required some level of faith, that we, it wasn't a sure thing, that if we got there, the level of energy in our life would just be exploding, you know, um, what, would that, what would that picture look like? And to give yourself the freedom to, and that's kind of in that same zone of defining success, but really being able to say, as if we're a year from now, three years from now, and you and I, Elizabeth, we're having a conversation, and you're telling me how phenomenal your life is going. What are those things that would be happening that would lead you to tell me that? Mm-hmm. And to give yourself the space to do that and the people with you uh, and who work with you and around you and for you, that same space to do that uh, is a very, very powerful and motivating thing. Absolutely. And I think, um, you know, at, at surface level, when you start to think about this, you're like, well, probably everybody has about the same goals. You know, you want to be physically healthy and mentally healthy and and live in a nice place and, and have your, your relationships healthy. But really specifically, if, if you can, as you said, really take the time to reflect on on what you care about, you know, do you have a vision for being able to contribute uh, to a charity and and make a really big impact in the world in a certain way? Do you want to travel? Um, whether it's, you know, to unique places in the world or to see family and friends. And and you need to be able to afford to do that and have the time to do that. Um, do you want to have a, a second home somewhere that you really care about and and be able to go there whenever you want? Like there's so many different ways that you can, you can think about what you value, what you care about, um, you know, the moments that have brought you joy and satisfaction in the past that you want to be able to, um, to reflect on or replicate or, or build on. And um, that taking the time to really, really think through that and really, um, really almost, uh, I don't know if meditate is the right word, but really, really process that it is worth not just that, that quick, um, thought of, you know, happy, healthy, um, family <laughs> sort of thought. Yeah, yeah. No, I totally agree. It's putting some structure around that, uh, and giving you, know, giving it a little more space so that, mm-hmm. yeah, I want to create, I want to, my dream is to build a, a family gathering place, you know, mm-hmm. on a lake. Oh, great. What lake? What's the house look like? Tell me, p- paint that picture so that you can actually see it. Yep. Because if you see it and you can articulate it, guess what? Your face lights up, you're energized by it, your, your gut going, you know, just imagine if you were actually starting to build that and how you would feel. And, mm-hmm. and so that's just a tangible house thing, but there's also lots of other things that relate to our work. And, if I can, for me personally, if I can see someone, uh, I, it was it was interesting. I was interviewing and coaching with an executive, uh, and and he said, John, if I was to grade my financial life, I'd give myself an A minus probably. Um, you know, he made lots of money, and and bank account was full. He did did a great job. You know, it, we're all type A. You know, you can't give yourself an A plus. You can give yourself an A minus. <laughs> Always room for improvement. You know, uh, Always room for improvement. But then he goes, but if I was to grade my life, I'd probably give myself a C plus. Mm. You know, he had regrets. And I think the regrets are related to 
one, not really connecting that money as we've been discussing to something that matters and having, and for me, that matters. Uh, what matters to me is when I'm working with someone and they start to envision all these gifts they have and all these capabilities and resources and relationships and the gratitude I heard you mention at the beginning of this podcast, um, you know, all these things that they have that are, that are in essence assets. And so it's really the, the, the reason I chose the subtitle of the book I did, um, which is a guide to maximizing your return on life and money. If we've only got one shot hmm. at this, at this particular, you know, performance game, um, I want to maximize the return. I don't want just a certificate of deposit rate of return. I don't want two, 3%. You know, I want venture capital returns on my life. I want to experience a life that's really meaningful and, and, and is, is motivating me to step into it. But the problem is, is that we don't define one that way. We define a life that gives us kind of a bond return or something. And then we're, we're frustrated when we don't, we don't like the outcome. And so that takes, to your point, it takes some time and energy and work to figure that out. Absolutely. Now, I know you've touched on this already, so I don't know if you'll have more here, but um, specifically for leaders who want to not just um, live fully themselves, but really encourage their teams to live fully. Do you have any specific best practices that you would recommend for maybe starting this conversation or developing this culture, kind of guiding your team in this direction? I mean, it starts with just talking about it. I mean, mm -hmm. I, I think you have to give people the same space you're giving yourself that, that we care about you. We care about more than just making money. We mm -hmm. care about more than just, yes, we need to, to do what we need to do as a business to, to drive the revenues that pays everybody that allows for the financial win. But we also care about you as a human being. Mm -hmm. and about your holistic life and that you are uh, connecting to the grander mission that we have for the business. And I would say that's probably, you know, the, the, the first step, which is to make sure that grander vision and mission for the business is motivating to you. Because mm. <laughs> if it motivates you and you can connect your definition for a full life to that, and it's a key component of it, guess what? It will be to other people too. Uh, but you have to be able to articulate that and then give people the space to be able to figure out how to how to um, also uh, be a part of that mission and that vision and allow the, their their definition, their broader definition for a meaningful life and a fulfilled life to, to develop from there. So I, I do think it's that. I think the second thing is um, talking about it, but also requires some level of vulnerability. I, I can mm -hmm. tell you that I have needed to learn how to be more vulnerable with my team and to share. Uh, and it isn't always perfect. <laughs> it, it rarely is mm -hmm. that my life's going perfectly, but that I am on a journey of trying to figure that out both for the company and for my own life. And guess what? That gives them, them to do the, the ability to do the same thing. It gives them the ability to both be imperfect, to figure it out, to wrestle with it, to to feel safe enough to tell me what's going on and their colleagues and so it creates a culture where people are really for each other and for uh us as a whole but also for each other as individuals so mm. those are a couple of things that that we've done to uh to make that part of our culture to make it part of the reason that we're showing up 
Absolutely. Um, that, that thing you said about, you know, having a, a mission, a vision for your company that people can personally feel connected to, uh, to me, that that's so incredibly foundational. Um, I have so many friends who've done a lot of career hopping and, Usually when, when you ask them, you know, why they left a job, it's because they, they didn't feel like um, that company achieving its goals would, would mean anything to them. And then I see the, the, the friends and, that I have and even, you know, myself, the, the joy and satisfaction that you can have in your job when you feel like I'm helping people or I'm helping the world or, or I'm achieving something amazing and powerful. Um, one of my sisters uh, is literally working um, on an AIDS vaccine. And, and trying to figure that out. And, you know, the, the excitement and the passion she has for that um, is able to, to help her get through some of the, the trials and tribulations of, of that job. So, so just being tied to that big picture mission is really, is really important. Um, mm-hmm. Would agree. One thing that we touched on in the very uh, intro uh, is, is your coaching. And so um, mm-hmm. I'd love if you could tell our listeners about your Living Fully project. I just gave a little hint. It's, it's related to coaching, but I think this is such a powerful concept. Um, and there's, there's a, a big space that, that you're going to fill. Yeah. Well, thank you for giving that opening. Um, what we concluded was in, in the wealth management business as an advisor to people is that we're a consultant. Mm-hmm. We have the answers. We have specialized knowledge and capability. And I assume your listeners are the same. They're in a space where they have unique skill and knowledge. And, um, and so customers, clients, we, you know, are coming to them for that knowledge. That's what they're paying us for. Um, but what we found was that so much of somebody's, as we've been discussing, somebody's money, uh, somebody's money impacts their life. And mm-hmm. so here was, uh, you know, some conversations as it relates to their money and their portfolios and their wealth management and all those things that go with that, that, that we have the answer. And then there's this whole other subset of conversations that they have the answer. And if, if all we do is focus on the stuff that we have the answer for, um, it's kind of a one-sided conversation. Mm-hmm. And, and so how do we, and that was really the process I went through and why I got my coaching designation was a couple of things. One was, I think the world is becoming in our space in particular, it's becoming more and more commoditized all the mm-hmm. time. And if, and if we want to move up the value stack, if you will, with our clients, then we needed to become more and more a trusted advisor, even what I refer to as a confidant. Well, what's a confidant? A confidant is somebody who, you know, we all, we may not all have a confidant in our life, but somebody who you think about somebody in your life, you really trust. Well, who are they and what, what do they do in your life and how, why are they so important? Well, they're important because they, they are able to sit with you on any number of issues and maybe not fix that issue, but provide value, help you uncover uh, the issue a little bit in a different way by asking questions possibly that will expand the issue for you to be able to make a different decision. And sometimes just listen. Um, mm-hmm. But ultimately that person's pretty darn valuable to you. And so, and they're usually one of the first calls you make, gosh, I got to give so-and-so a call on this. This is really challenging thing going on in my life, right? So mm-hmm. um, that's the same thing in the wealth management space. And I trust might be the same in, in other spaces. So I found that if I, what I needed to learn was really these coaching skills, because mm-hmm. ultimately coaches, aren't here to tell you the answer. They're here, here to help you get what you want. Well, so if I marry those two things, 
there's this space between being a consultant where I have the information and the answer and you have the answer that's inside of you. And I just need to help you find it mm-hmm. because a lot of what we were doing was helping people navigate that, that sticky middle. But first and foremost, I, I wanted to learn the skills of being not a coach because I want to be, you know, have our wealth management firm in particular be coaches or life coaches in some way. But I wanted them to be sensitized to the skills which are uh, akin to being a coach. Great listening, not trying to fix people, um, asking empowering questions, <laughs> empathizing, things that are so important. Guess what? And being a consultant and being an advisor. Um, and so, the, and knowing when and which of those hats to have on at any one time. So, so that was really the essence of what I've been building out and felt like if, if I can bring that to the advisory world, if, if advisors can learn what, first and foremost, how to go live fully themselves, to define that for themselves, to not just, I think as, and I, I, salespeople may be the same, and I've been in business development sales and building a company, so I get it, where we kind of tend to put this armor on. It's not about me. It's about you, the client. I'm not going to tell you anything. I'm going to kind of keep the shield up. Mm-hmm. And this force field, that, but in reality, when that force field shield goes down and I'm able to be my vulnerable, authentic self with you, which COVID has kind of created, we're all doing these stuff from home. People are seeing mm-hmm. me with my dog and I'm not always looking perfect in my, you know, suit or whatever, you know, <laughs> we, we're real, we're people. Yeah. Uh, and, and so if I can bring more of this humanity, if I can, if I can help you become a better human advisor and not just a great financial advisor, guess what? Everybody wins. Client feels more comfortable. They share more information. You've moved up the value stack because now you're in that confidant, a higher trusted advisor space. Um, and you're able to still give the advice when needed. And so the Living Fully Project, in part, there's multiple tentacles to that, but part of the thing we want to do is to change the way that financial advising is done. And, and financial advising needs another skill set. Financial advisors got plenty of training on how to be a great financial advisor. Mm-hmm. They got plenty of that. <laughs> what they don't have training for is how to be a better human. And if you can be a better human, guess what? Your client and you have this relationship of trust, which is ultimately the secret sauce to almost any business. If you can build that, that relationship of trust. So that's, that's what we're hoping to accomplish uh, in some of the things we're doing. Absolutely. That's, that's such a powerful concept. And I think um, anybody who's in a space where you're seeing um, commoditization happening um, that's one of the best ways that you can, uh, get through that is if you can be a coach, if you could be a consultant with your clients, it doesn't matter if you're selling technology, um, you could be selling the, you know, bolts, but if you can have a conversation with somebody and really understand what are their goals, what it is that they're trying to achieve, what are the problems that they have that you can help them solve and, and provide that, that human connection, that advice, that support, um, that's why they'll be they'll be willing to buy from you. I had a somebody on the podcast. I will need to look up her name. Um, she had a book called Beat the Bots: How to hu- Humanize Sales or something like that. Oh, it was Anita Nielsen. Um, so I'll include a link to that in the show notes. But it, that whole concept um, and and as you said, especially in the finance space, you know, algorithms can replace a lot of um, what what 
financial advisors used to do, what wealth managers used to do, but they can never replace that person who might be the first person that you call when you decide that you're going to get a divorce and you've got to figure out what you're going to do and you're dealing with the money and you're dealing with you know the, the complexity of your life. I actually had a client who was a wealth manager and she said that, that she was usually the first call in that situation. Um, and yeah. and that's, you know, that's huge. That's a personal connection. And, and you have to have the skills to do that. If you freeze up when somebody shares something personal with you, um, it's going to be really difficult to be successful in that career. Well, and, and most of us aren't very good at that. Mm-hmm. I mean, we, we don't take the time to really enhance and, and grow our, our skills in that area. We take lots of time to learn the technical part of whatever job we have or, or, or product we're selling. We don't really grow that skill because in that moment when that person calls and says, I am getting a divorce, they don't want to jump to back to you being a consultant. Mm-hmm. They want you to typically be empathetic. Well, mm-hmm. how often have we practiced or even know or understand what that even means? Mm-hmm. Because most of what I see when I'm training some advisors, even internally in my, and even in my own life, we want to fix stuff for people. Yes. We don't <laughs> want to just listen. We, we want to fix it and make it go away because it's uncomfortable. And we don't, you know, so there's all these pieces to that that allow that space to happen. And there'll be the right time for you then to come back and deliver your message uh, of product and solutions. And, and, it, and it might go back and forth. It might be a mm-hmm. little of both. It's just, it's just having the emotional uh, intelligence to be able to really work in that space like a master. And, and if you can masterfully work in that space and communicate with a level of skill, uh, you're unbeatable. You're literally unbeatable. Absolutely. All right. I know we need to we need to start to wind down our conversation. I feel like I could keep talking to you for hours, but we both have meetings. So a couple more questions for you if you've got the time. Um, sure. First of all, we uh, we always love to get recommendations for books uh, to read. I know I'm mm-hmm. a big reader and a lot of our listeners are. Do you have any books that you would recommend for our listeners in addition, obviously, to yours? Um, there's there's a couple. Yeah. I mean, uh, let me just shamelessly plug the book. Um the only reason that I wrote the book was for people to be able to go on the journey that I went on. It, it, it really just is a, is a do-it-yourself guide to defining uh, a life for yourself. And so if you're interested in that, go please check out the book. That's the, that was the purpose of it. And I drew, I drew from not only my own experience, but other books and things that I've written, uh, read, and, and from client experiences. But some of the other books um, that I think are interesting. One is Flourish by Martin mm. Seligman. Um, a great book around, again, defining engagement, fulfillment, a life of flourishing. There's really a, uh, an interesting Jewish concept called Shalom that is loosely speaking defined as, is, as peace or uh, flourishing or the way things were intended to be. Um, and this idea of, of of how do we, how do you wrestle with that? You know, uh, having a life that, that is both uh, meaningful, but full of contentment and joy. Um, so that's an interesting book. I, I love all of the Brene Brown stuff, but Braving mm-hmm. the Wilderness um, is one that I would recommend as, as just kind of becoming or exploring more of your authentic self. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and then I, uh, a book that's a little more on the business side, but I think a part of living fully and a part of the success we've had both, uh, in, uh, diving into the space at Highland, but also 
in just building out my own uh, leadership muscle is a book called Radical Candor. And I don't know mm. if it's one that's been mentioned on your um, show before, but um, a woman by the name of Kim Scott wrote this book after a lot of experience. But one of the things uh, in the tech space, but one of the uh, things I love about the book is uh, how important um, uh, being candid with people is to living mm -hmm. fully. Um, both candid, uh, about them and candid about yourself. Uh, there's a level of courage in, in stepping into life that, that we don't have, you know, there's, it's kind of a journey of not exactly knowing how it's going to turn out. And her, her, uh, mechanism she uses to describe that for a business concept talks about this idea of this intersection of caring personally and challenging directly, um, mm. that we can be both. And, and how do you do that actually? Um, we found that super valuable as we've been uh, attempting both to live more fully, but also that can feel fluffy. We still have business concept, business goals and objectives. <laughs> and how do you, how do you, how do you um, be radically candid with people that it's both? It's how mm -hmm. do you hold both of those? And, and still be true to yourself and true to the business objectives. And, and it is complicated, but I found that book personally and, and our team, our leadership team found it immensely valuable. So those, there's a couple of titles. Absolutely. Um, I haven't read, I don't think I've read Flourish, but the other two I can say uh, I've read and, and both uh, highly second those recommendations. All right, John, um, if you want people to learn more about you and your work and what you're doing, where should they go? Um, you can go to jcchristensen.com, um, which is uh, where they can get information about my book, about me, uh, about some of the things I'm working on, and uh, some of that's evolving. If anybody on the show is in the financial advisory space or an advisor, professional advisor of some sort, and is interested in some of the training that uh, we're building out, um, we're hoping to have some of this training available and actually a certification in this space and, and are actually uh, excited to get that launching uh, later this year as well as into 2021. So if that's of interest, uh, my website has contact information and feel free to reach out to me and uh, I would love to connect with you on what we're doing in that space if you think it'd be valuable to you. Absolutely. Well, thank you so, so much for speaking with me, John. I have really enjoyed our conversation and I'm sure our listeners will as well. Great, Elizabeth. Thanks for having me. And thank you to all of our listeners for tuning into today's show. You can find the notes and resources for everything we've been talking about today at criteriaforsuccess.com slash pod 264. Be sure to tune in on Friday for another inspirational episode. And don't forget to check out the blog at criteriaforsuccess.com slash insights. If you enjoyed today's show, please recommend us to a friend. That'll help more people discover the show. It's the best way to build our audience. And if you're not yet subscribed, make sure to do that so you'll hear every new episode as soon as it goes live. You can subscribe for free wherever you're listening right now. We're always committed to learning and improving, so we would love your feedback. You can leave us ratings and reviews in Apple Podcasts or email us with direct feedback, questions, and guest suggestions at podcast at criteriaforsuccess.com. Make sure to follow us on Twitter at CFS Playbook. Let's Talk Sales is a production of Criteria for Success and is produced by Ariana Miskell, Laura Marchoff, Mark Krogan, and me, Elizabeth Frey. Happy selling! Happy selling!